welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to the episode. I'm so glad that you are here because today we are talking about weight loss strategies. And I'm not talking about weight loss diets. I'm not talking about Weight Watchers or Noom or Keto or Paleo or intermittent fasting, although we will touch on some of those things. I'm talking about the day-to-day strategies that you can implement no matter what overarching diet you're on or overarching lifestyle you've implemented. Some really powerful strategies. And some of these are mine, and some of these are ones that I've done in the past, and some of them are ones that I recommend to my clients and that they're finding success with. So I feel like you may come away from this episode having learned something, and I hope and be able to incorporate something. So um, it's really important to understand that we all have different goals, and we all have different reasons for losing weight. We all have different amounts of weight to lose, and most of these strategies are going to be um, pretty powerful no matter what. But for sure, um, take what serves you and leave the rest is probably the best way to approach this. But um, I, a lot of you know my story. I repeated on this podcast kind of in cliff notes. If you're interested in the whole thing, there are whole episodes on my weight loss journeys. But I've been in the business of losing weight. And when I say business, I don't mean money-making business. I should really say I've been at it for about 15 years. Um, And even before that, um, I had dieted here and there in attempts to lose weight, but never in earnest like I did when I started about 15 years ago. And so that journey has involved a lot of really powerful tools that have served me really well for a period of time. And I'm a big proponent of if something stops lighting you up, look for something else that captures your attention or your imagination or works well with where you are. My lifestyle has changed dramatically in 15 years, of course, just like everyone else. Um, But, you know, 15 years ago, I had a little kid in school, a little boy, and um, I was married. And so my lifestyle was family life and cooking meals for a family and making school lunches. And I was going to work and um, there was just a, a different routine around food, my lifestyle was totally different. My time was totally used for different things. Um, And then I had the years where I was a single working mom. I had a teenage boy. His friends were always in my house. Um, So the strategies that worked before didn't work during that period. And now here I am. I'm an empty nester. I'm single. I'm doing a lot of different things with my time. And so my lifestyle is much different now than it ever has been. So it's not crazy that you would change and grow and evolve in how you manage food. And as long as you're continually working to evolve and grow in a healthier and healthier direction, it's really great to embrace the idea of changing and evolving how you approach food and approach food schedules and um, how you approach weight loss. You may find that you had to lose 20 pounds five years ago and it was a piece of cake. And now you're trying to lose 10 pounds and it's absolutely impossible. That happens too. Um, aging, hormones, you know, are, are the number of calories that you burn every day 
it decreases as we get older. And so we have to do something about that, either move more or eat less empty calories and make those calories that we can have count nutritionally, which means making wiser choices. So it's not crazy to think that what didn't work for you then might work for you now. That's the other side. Um, If you tried something in your past and you said, nope, that didn't work, why didn't it work? Or why didn't you work? And that's not to be shameful to say you didn't do the work, but why didn't why didn't you work that particular diet? You know, was there a reason, was there a factor in your life then that made it too difficult for you to fit? Um, so it's important to look back and say, hmm, is there anything I should try again? Or is there anything that, you know what, I'm never doing that again? Whatever it is, um, I encourage you to have some paper handy or your notes app on your phone and take some notes here. And um, and really think about your history with dieting. I talk a lot about winning the war with food and winning the war with diets and putting your weapons down and leaving the battlefield. And ultimately, that's the goal, to where you find a way to deal with food that becomes a part of your lifestyle and so that you're not fighting, that you're not battling, that when you need to lose a few pounds, you know how to do it and you know it works and you know exactly what to tweak and how. And you can get to that point, but it doesn't happen without some trial and error, without some effort, without a lot of honesty. You have to be honest with yourself. I have another episode all about that too, the lies that we tell ourselves, but um, you have to be open. If nothing changes, nothing changes. And now is as good of a time as any to try something new. So I want to go through some of these with you all, and I hope that you find some value here. So. One of the most um, popular ways to lose weight or to start tracking food is using an app to track everything that you eat. The market is just saturated with food tracking apps, macro tracking apps. Every fitness celebrity has their own app where you can track food and track your macros and download um, exercises. But there's one universally appealing platform called MyFitnessPal, and they have millions of users. It's really the largest database of nutritional information for foods. Um, you can use it on your desktop and you can use it on your phone. What's lovely about MyFitnessPal is you can choose what your focus is. So if you cannot stand the idea of counting your calories one more moment in your life, you can choose to count your macros. And so you can set a goal per meal or per day of what you want to eat for fats, carbs, and proteins. So it's really powerful, very helpful for you to focus on making sure you hit a protein goal or if you're keto, making sure you're keeping your carbs low or you're getting enough fat. Whatever it is, MyFitnessPal is just a really terrific app. I have tried a lot of them. I just haven't found any that I like as well personally. I wear a Fitbit And that has an app with it where you can also track all of your food. And it's really user-friendly and great, but I just have a real hard time divorcing myself from my fitness pal. I like it. And you can also share your diary with your food diary. So if you're working with a coach or um, a trainer, um, or even if you just want to share it with your friends for accountability, you can do that on my fitness pal. So you can have friends on there. You can comment and like each other's posts as far as staying under your calorie goal or exercising. So there's a little bit of a community factor there too. So 
I would highly suggest that as a strategy if you haven't tried it before, if it feels very cumbersome. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't take a lot of time in your day. And it's really, really powerful to track what you're eating, even if you're not on a quote-unquote diet, to simply see the values in the foods you're eating, to say, wow, that had 500 calories? That didn't even fill me up. Conversely, to say, whoa, I ate all of that and it only had 400 calories? Wow. I was really full and that was delicious and I liked it and it was really good for me. Look at those nutrients and look at those macros. So to simply educate yourself if you're unaware of really what's in the food you're eating, if you're new to tracking, it's really powerful, um, especially when it comes to making a choice to say, no, I know that I can have two eggs and some egg whites and some toast for less calories than that sandwich or something like that. So there's so much value in knowing the values of what you're eating. So I'd encourage you to give that a try if you haven't done it before. It's also great because you can put in your information and it will tell you roughly what your calorie goal should be depending on what your goal is for weight loss. And so um, if you're not sure where to start, the goal feature of MyFitnessPal I have found to be very, very accurate as far as a, a good starting range. So don't be afraid to use that. I also like it because at the end of the day, you can close your diary and it will tell you if every day were just like today, in six weeks, you will have lost X number of pounds or you will be um, X number of pounds. And that's just kind of cool to say, wow. So if I keep doing what I'm doing, I am going to reach my goal by this date. So very motivating. So um I talked about the the macros and the calories in that app, both great. But another strategy you can use, you can hook it up to your fitness tracker. So like mine is hooked up to my Fitbit. And so it will tell me how many calories I've burned already in the day because it's tracking what I'm doing. Now, I don't believe fitness tracker calorie information because like today it says I burned 1800 calories. And yeah, I probably burned a lot of calories. I I ran two workouts for two hours this morning in the park, and then I walked my dog for an hour, and I've been at my stand-up desk all day. I still don't think I've burned 1,800 calories. So it's a nice baseline to use so I could look and see, well, how many did it say I burned yesterday and compare and to say, well, I wasn't as active as yesterday. I should really bump it up. Or yesterday was a really, really busy day. Um, I did a lot. I should probably have a rest day. So it's great for a benchmark if you hook that up to your fitness tracker. But what you can do as well is you can have your diary in MyFitnessPal factor in those fitness calories. So if your app is showing that you have burned 800 calories today and you open your food diary, at the top, it will show you those calories added back in. So if you wanted to eat more because you moved more, you would know where you're at for the day. And so a strategy that some people use, namely my friend Amanda, which I feel like is really smart, um, is you can say, so for example, if your goal was to eat 1,500 calories in the day, as long as you exercised and continued to add those exercise calories in you could basically eat them all. So if you burned 800 calories and you normally would eat 1,500, essentially you get to eat all those calories. So as long as the net is that you have 1,500 calories, then you can basically 
use your activity to earn you more food. This is really powerful if you're trying to just maintain weight, if you're trying not to lose weight. Again, I would be careful. You might start to notice, okay, I'm gaining a little weight or I'm not losing weight if I'm eating a certain number of these. So maybe, you know, have a little bit of an idea of, okay, if I burn a thousand calories, I'm going to eat 500 of those. But it's a great way to, A, when I do that, it's an incentive for me to work out more. Like I really want to eat a snack later and I'm already eating all my food for the day. Well, if I walk my dog again, I'm going to be able to earn it. And so it's a it's a really great way to have some accountability on eating a little more when you really want to, but just making sure you're pre-earning it. And that may not work for everyone. Um, we all have different goals and triggers. Some people absolutely have to stay perfectly on a number. Some people don't need to track at all. So it's all of these things I'm going to talk about are definitely a personal choice and they'll either work for you or they won't. Um, they're all just suggestions. So the net calorie goal, um, I really had fun with that for a few weeks. It was the first time in a while that I I took restriction off of certain food um, categories and just focused on that net calorie amount. Now, I knew that if I did that, I most likely wouldn't lose any weight. And I most definitely did not. Uh, my body responds differently to different food groups, which is why I limit some of them. But it was a fun way to broaden my palate, broaden my plate without gaining weight. Um, I knew I could have those things and it wasn't going to trip me up and throw me into a weight gain spiral um, as long as I burned what I was eating and staying with that net calorie goal. So that's just a, um, a great tool, a great option that you could use. Now, one of the – I would say this is my most popular client decision – um, and it works really well for most of my clients um, who track their food. So if you have an app, and even if you don't have an app, pre-logging your food, making the decision the day before what you're going to eat the next day. This is incredibly powerful, and there's many reasons why. The main one is if at night you are done with your day, you aren't hungry, you're not cold, and you're fully in control of yourself, you're not craving anything, you know that the next thing on your agenda is you get to go to bed and rest, that's a great time to plan what you're going to eat tomorrow because you are fully in your best self. You're in control of your emotions. You're not ready to eat a meal. You're not hungry. You're just thinking, okay, tomorrow. What do I want tomorrow to look like? And tomorrow will come and you will have challenges and stress and work and time crunches your your fatigue will increase as the day goes by and making decisions about food becomes a little more difficult as the day goes on. And so if you've made those decisions ahead of time in your own best interest, it takes a load off. So when you get up in the morning, you can say, this is what I already decided I'm going to have for breakfast. That's what I'm having. We're not discussing it. We're not having an argument in our brain over do I want the donut at the gas station or do I want the oatmeal? No, we've already decided what we're having for breakfast. We eat it. Same thing for lunch. You can also leave some options in there. You can say, you know, for dinner, I'm going to have this or this. So you could either log them both ahead of time or just write them down as options. But by pre-deciding what you're going to eat, you're taking the decision-making away from the time when you're most apt to choose poorly or to choose something that really isn't in your best interest and later you'll regret it, or choosing something just because you see it. 
So if it's an average normal weekday and you normally would not eat jelly beans and you did not have it on your list of things to eat, but you go into a car dealership to pick up your license plate and they have a big bowl of jelly beans, you can just say, mm, I didn't plan on eating jelly beans today, so I'm not having those. And then you may really, really want them because they're right there. And what you can say is, you know what? I think tomorrow I might write in that I'm going to have jelly beans. So when I go to the store, I'm going to get a little thing of jelly beans and I'm going to have them tomorrow. And so you've deferred that decision again to the next day or to that night when you're writing your food plan and the jelly beans do not enter your belly. Now, some people that might be more restrictive than you like. Um, You can always have some kind of a rule around those types of options, but ultimately the power in it is taking away split-second decisions and taking away impulse and craving-driven decisions. So give that a try. You You don't have to have an app. An app is powerful because you can see the nutritional value of what you're picking. Um, But you can just use a notebook or the notes app on your phone and just write it down. This is what I'm going to eat. So even if you're not tracking the value of it, you can still decide ahead of time. It's great for weekends. Um, Weekends are tough with social obligations, maybe travel, maybe more time in the car, maybe sporting events. Maybe you're more active and you're going to need more calories, whatever it is. Being able to look at the weekend and say, what's realistic? What am I going to eat? So if you're going to the cabin and you're going to be cooking outside and grilling and there's going to be s'mores and there's going to be treats, you can say, all right, I'm going to have this for dinner. I'm going to have two s'mores for my dessert and I'm going to have ice cream on Sunday. So it's not necessarily saying I'm not going to enjoy my weekend, but it's saying before it even happens, before all those decision points come up, I am going to choose right here in this boring moment where nothing is stimulating my emotions or my cravings or my desires. I'm just here as a person who wants to feel good and look good and be healthy. I'm going to decide what's best for me in the future on Saturday, on Sunday for the weekend. And it's very powerful. And you'll be able to connect with what you really want. And then the test does come when the day arrives and you have a list of things you're going to eat. And if something off that list pops itself up, what are you going to do about it? You can decide ahead of time that maybe you have one swap available to you. Okay. Oh, wow. We stopped. We're going to have a margarita. All right. If I want a margarita, I can't have the s'mores. Done. Deal. (laughs) Um, But this eliminates you coming home on Sunday night and going, oh my God, I ate a whole bag of marshmallows. (laughs) I had five margaritas. I ate Twizzlers all day. Well, you know, like all of these things where you would just normally have no plan and it would just be a screw it weekend. Going in with a plan, even if you don't do it perfectly, you're going to be so much better off that you had a plan and that you made it your aim to stick to it and you stuck to it the very best that you could. So it's not about perfection. It's about setting yourself up for perfection and then being willing to stick to it and trust yourself. You want to, on Saturday afternoon, when all that stuff is in your face, you want to be able to say, I trust Friday afternoon, Kristen, that she knows what was coming and she knows how she wants to feel on Monday morning. And she did not write in that I get to stuff my face with Skittles and Milk Duds while we watch a movie. So she wrote in that I can have an apple anytime I want and that if that's not enough, I can have whatever. And trust 
the Kristen of the other day and follow the plan. So any plan that you write is useless if you don't follow it, but it sure is easier to follow a plan that exists. Isn't that profound? <laughs> that was profound. So pre-logging your food, great strategy. Um, another strategy that I have used, and I really like it, especially for weekdays for me, I tend to be a little bit of a boredom eater or a snacker in between work projects. So I have set alarms on my phone and I have a time frame for when I eat. And that keeps me from just getting up over and over again and grabbing a snack or going to look in the fridge to see if anything has changed. So I have my alarm set for my pre-workout breakfast, my post-workout breakfast, my lunch, my afternoon coffee or snack, my first dinner. I have two dinners. My first dinner and my second dinner. And then I have a little alarm saying you're done eating because my goal is to not eat late at night anymore. And so it's really great. Um, like when I'm feeling a little antsy or a little hungry, I'll look over at my clock and it's 10.25. Well, at 11 o'clock, I get to have lunch. So I go, oh, I'm going to just pick up something else and work on it for half an hour and then I'm going to have my lunch. And it's been really great for my peace of mind, my concentration, it's eliminated a lot of procrastination for me and it's helped me stick to my meal plan and my eating. Um, those little snacks add up throughout the day, even if they're a healthy snack. If I don't need it, if I'm not hungry and I'm eating out of boredom, that food that I just put in my body is totally unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. So eating on a schedule, really powerful. And you can implement this in whatever way makes sense to you. A lot of people struggle with eating at night. So setting an alarm half an hour before that cutoff to say, hey, last meal um, can trigger you to say, okay, do I want to have a little snack before my eating window ends? Yes or no. Um, and that really can just solidify the idea in your mind that we are done eating for the day. And that can be up until the time you go to bed. Um, my issue would I would be go to bed and then I'd want to get up again and have something. And so having that cutoff time in the evening, I don't even think about doing that anymore. So it's been really powerful for me for those triggers. And I, you know, I know that I'm not the only person who struggles with a lot of the things I've struggled with. So I'm hoping maybe that resonates with one of you too. So give that one a try. Set some alarms on your phone and attempt to eat as close to that schedule as possible. Now, it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't hold myself to it like a crazy person, especially, you know, if I'm not just on my own timeline. If I'm on someone else's timeline, obviously, I'm not going to stop the world so that I can have my snack. But for me, it's most helpful during the workday, um, especially working at home when there's so many distractions um, available to me and the refrigerator is just like right there. <laughs> When I gave up gluten and sugar for the most part, the hardest thing has been getting used to not having baked goods as treats. But I found Smart Baking Company. And what's awesome about Smart Baking Company is they make gluten-free, sugar-free treats, but they're also low calorie. It's not uncommon to find a gluten-free treat that's very high in calories, but you can eat two of Smart Baking Company's delicious lemon, raspberry, chocolate, or cinnamon cupcakes two of them for only 76 calories. They're magicians there at Smart Baking Company. 
All their products are certified gluten-free through the National Celiac Association. They have zero net carbs, and the sweeteners that they use are monk fruit and erythritol. So you can feel good about eating these knowing they're not going to ruin your gut, they're not going to trip you up in the pursuit of your goals, and they're going to be that delicious treat that you've been missing out on. If you'd like to order, they have free shipping for some of their bundles. They ship right to your door. You put them in your freezer and then thaw them on your counter when you're ready to eat them for about half an hour, and they stay nice and fresh for you. So you can find them online at smartbakingco.com. And if you want a discount, you can use my code, destination underscore begin, for 10% off every time you order. So we've been talking a lot about calories, and we're going to stay on that topic for just another minute because there's a calorie counting strategy that many have found very helpful. And so the idea of counting calories would be to be in a calorie deficit each day of a certain number. And you can also take a week-by-week approach to this. So if your goal is to lose a pound a week, a pound is about 3,500 calories. So the typical person will shoot for a 500 calorie per day deficit. Another way you can look at that is to use the totals. Think about how many calories you're going to have for the entire week. Um, So if that was going to be 2,000 calories per day for you to maintain, then that would be 14,000 calories in a week. So if you want to lose a pound, you would be eating 10,500 calories in a week. So what you can do instead of shooting for 1,500 calories a day is to maybe break that week up into two-day chunks or three-day chunks or even in the entire week and count your calories, especially helpful on the weekend, count your calories in chunks of days. So if you have a really quiet Friday, not much going on, but you've got a lot of social events on a Saturday, you could easily say between Friday and Saturday, I'm going to have 3,000 calories. That would allow you to have a smaller day on Friday and kind of bank some of those calories for Saturday. So the whole point being that you're operating on a weak chunk of time and a weak chunk of food that you're eating. So some people hate numbers and hate getting caught up in the numbers of calorie counting. And if that is you, then I don't suggest you come anywhere near calorie counting strategies. But because it's simple math, it's very popular for a lot of people who are trying to lose weight. So that's one bit of advice that I give to some of my clients. If they've had a day where they feel like they really quote unquote blew it and they're a calorie counter and maybe they ate a thousand extra calories that day, I wouldn't tell them to undereat a thousand calories the next day, but an easy way to kind of make that go away is to divide that out by the rest of the days in the week and have a smaller amount of calories going forward. That allows you to continue on with your goals, not freak out, not throw out the baby with the bathwater, and continue on with your week. So give that a try if you're a calorie counter. Um, One little point I want to make here while I'm talking about this idea of blowing it, a strategy, a thought that I tell a lot of people and I tell myself as well is very common sense logic. It's very common if you have a goal for the day and you blow it, you blow your diet for the day or maybe you blow your diet for the day at 10 a.m. You've got the whole rest of the day. You've already eaten five cupcakes and a plate of nachos and you skip the gym. What do you do? Well, first of all, that should feel crappy because you didn't follow through on the plan you made for yourself. 
So that should feel crappy. I'm not going to tell you that you should feel good about that. You shouldn't feel proud of that. Um, it, you certainly are not a bad person. It does not reflect on your character. It does not reflect on who you are. It reflects the fact that you made a poor decision like so many of us do in so many arenas of our lives. And when we make a poor decision, it feels crappy. And it's okay to say, wow, this feels crappy. But that's where the dialogue needs to stop. It does not need to turn into, wow, I suck. I can never diet. I always do this. I'm such a loser. I may as well just eat the rest of the day and try again tomorrow because I already blew it. Think about this. If you chip a tooth and you chipped maybe your front tooth, the most visible tooth in your face, would you look in the mirror and say, wow, I really screwed that up and then go and get a hammer? and proceed to knock all the rest of your teeth out? No, you wouldn't do that. Same if you got a flat tire. You wouldn't say, well, screw it. This car isn't going to go anywhere today and deflate the other three tires. See, there's no logic to that. When we are outside of the arena of food, we are easy, quick to see the logic in that kind of thinking. It's flawed. We would never do that. If you broke a window on your house by accident, by throwing a rock, you wouldn't break all of your windows. But when we break a diet rule or we overeat in the morning or in the afternoon, we say, screw it. And a lot of times we pack in as much food as we possibly can until the end of the day to really get it in there and make it count. And that is incredibly counterproductive. So if you find yourself in that position where you have started your day out on the wrong foot, I challenge you to verbally verbalize, wow, this feels crappy. I wish I hadn't done this. I'm going to remember how crappy this feels so that I don't do this again. But I'm going to repair the damage the best I can. I'm going to be active. So come up with a strategy to get some activity in. I'm going to drink a lot of water because that's going to help your body handle and deal with and process the food that you ate. And I'm going to make a plan for a balanced, healthy way of eating the rest of the day. Now that's the kicker because so many times we want to punish ourselves and say, I just want to eat the rest of the day. And that's just not realistic, especially if you've eaten a lot of sugary items because that messes with your hunger signals and your hunger hormones. So you're going to end up feeling hungry later. And if you try to deny that and punish yourself further, it's more than likely going to result in more overeating to say, screw it for the rest of the day. So this is very shocking to lifelong dieters and people who've been in this position. But I often say, start your day over right then. If your calorie goal for the day is 1,500 calories and you've already eaten 6,000 by 10 a.m., guess what? Shake it off. Say out loud, the past is in the past. That felt crappy. I'm starting over right now and determine that you are going to start your day over right now. Now, this is not a strategy to use as a cop-out. If you want to have a big binge eating fest at 10 a.m. to say, oh, I can just start over right after. No, this is truly a strategy for repairing the damage that you've done early in the day to your best laid plans. It's incredibly powerful to quickly acknowledge that it feels crappy, forgive yourself, come up with a plan to just get right back on track. When you fall off of the mountain 
into the ditch. You can either sit there and bury yourself in mud to make it really, really hard to climb out and get back on the trail, or you can hop up, dust yourself off, note where you fell down, and keep walking wiser and more confident that you're not going to do that again because it felt crappy to fall into the ditch. So just remember that. That's the best advice that I can give anyone who's attempting to lose weight. I've been on this weight loss journey for 15 years and I work every single day on my health and fitness. I monitor my food. I eat healthy. It's not always easy. And I screw up sometimes. I find myself saying, man, why'd I do that? And guess what? I employ that strategy and I will employ that strategy over and over. Every time I make a mistake, every time I make a food choice that feels crappy, I have resolved that I will never stick in the ditch, in the mud, and bury myself ever again. I will get up. I will acknowledge it feels crappy. I will forgive myself. I will note where I went wrong, and I will get right back on the path. And that is how you lose weight and keep it off. I would go right back to a morbidly obese woman if I didn't get up and start over every time I fell down. And that sounds simple because it is simple. We overthink these things and we want to go back and say, this entire diet and way of eating and way of life didn't work for me. I guess nothing will. When truly you tripped on a tree root and you fell down. So you just need to pay more attention for those tree roots that are coming up. If you went to a social event starving hungry and you stuffed your face with everything the minute you walked in and you found yourself 8,000 calories later going, what did I do? Your diet wasn't failing you. The the tree root, (laughs) you went to a party hungry. You just learned that's not a good idea for you. Some people have the strategy of not eating all day and going to a party and eating whatever they want. And some people, that just doesn't work. So pay attention. Note what happened. Note what tripped you up and protect yourself from that happening again and get right back on your feet. A strategy that I've really enjoyed in the past and actually currently is to make a list of foods that I have to eat in a day. So switching that focus from here's a list of foods that I'm not going to eat right now because they're not in my plan to here are foods I enjoy that are good for me and that are going to help me reach my goals and I got to get them in every day. So for a long time, I've had a rule that every single day I have to eat a big salad. And so most days, that's one of my meals is a big salad full of vegetables and more than one kind of lettuce. And I have fun with it. I enjoy my salads. I love a giant salad. Um, I love to make salad dressings. I enjoy it. So that is going to fill my body with vegetables and nutrients and vitamins, and I'm going to love it, and it's good for me. And it keeps my calories in check because that meal is typically my lowest calorie meal. So every day, I have to eat a salad. Every day, I have to have a protein shake. I don't get enough protein with my regular food, so my rule is I have to have a protein shake. And for a long time, I had a rule that I ate an apple every single day. And so that was something that helped me in the afternoon when I wanted a snack. The thought was, oh, I haven't gotten my apple in yet. I'll do that first. And that was very powerful for me for afternoon snacking. Because if I went in the work kitchen and there was something that was delicious sitting there or just something I didn't need and was tempted by it, 
that thought saved me many times to say, well, I could have that later, but I got to get my apple in. I may as well have that right now. And nine times out of 10, probably 99 times out of 100, I never went back to that snack. I just ate my apple. My blood sugar evened out. I went about my business and forgot about whatever that other snack was. So there's a lot of power in requiring yourself to have certain foods each day. It distracts you from the other foods that you shouldn't have, and it gives you a little bit of a framework and a plan around what you're going to eat. So I highly recommend experimenting with that. Um, A lot of people don't get enough protein in their diet, so simply requiring that every day I have a shake or every day I've got protein um, in one of my meals is the main thing. Something like that. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be complex. But switching your brain from here's the list of things I need to eat today before I have X, Y, or Z, it takes this idea of I can't have that to I get to have this. So especially when it's foods you enjoy, I love apples, I love salads, um, I love protein shakes. And so for me, it, it really kept me in line with my goals in an easy, refreshing, non-punitive way. And um, that's a, a strategy that I still employ every single day. So give that one a try if you haven't tried that one. A really popular I guess it's a diet, but more like a strategy that's very popular is intermittent fasting. And there are many forms of intermittent fasting. If you've done any kind of research on it or read a book on it, or if you know friends who have done it and talked to you, you know intermittent fasting is, um, there's many methods to it as far as fasting windows and feeding windows. I highly recommend looking into it. If you've never done it before, It can be really informative to you, and I'll tell you why. So many times that we eat, it's not because we're answering a hunger cue. It's because we're in the habit of eating in a particular room or after a particular cue. So walking downstairs into the kitchen in the morning, oftentimes we eat because that's what we do. And when you do something like intermittent fasting where you are setting a time frame around when you eat, You have to ignore those other cues and say, well, this may be what I always do in this room at this time of day, but it's not in my eating window, so I'm not going to do it. And so it can really waken your senses up to A, hunger, and B, when you're actually wanting food and when you're actually wanting comfort or just the routine ritual of eating certain foods at certain times. So if you're going to try it, I highly recommend that you read up on it. Definitely start with a small fasting window so you don't shock your system or end up starving all day and then just eating way crazy amounts of food at the end of the day. Start with a small fasting window. Um, A really popular one is just simply to stop eating at a certain time at night and start eating at a certain time in the morning so you do the bulk of your fast at night. But it can be really powerful to just do something for you know a week or two, say, I don't start eating until noon. I did that for a long time. That really opened my eyes to the snacks that I would grab on the way out the door to work, the snacks I would eat in the car, the stopping for a a coffee and adding some egg bites from Starbucks. It's not that I was eating bad food, but it was just food when I didn't really need it. And it was a ritual that I really liked. And so having that intermittent fasting window where I didn't eat until noon, it really 
got my focus off of food until 12 o'clock. And then by 12 o'clock, I was really hungry. I loved looking forward to breaking that fast and eating something delicious when I was really hungry. So I just encourage you to try it. There's also so much research out there about how intermittent fasting is so good for our bodies, so good for our systems to really rest. So there's a process called autophagy. And if you look that up, I think it's so fascinating. It's basically your body's ability to clean up broken cells, little it's like it's like sweeping clean your system. When you're not eating and your body isn't having to work to digest, it can find all those little things in your system and use those for fuel. So your body essentially can clean itself up and burn for fuel things that are damaging that are floating around in your body. And that is really powerful for anti-aging. There's just a lot of really great information. I really encourage you to read up on it. Jillian Michaels has a book um, called The Six Keys. And one of them is um, all about the things that we do um, to help slow the growth of, of diseases in our bodies and help us to live healthier and longer lives. And she has a fascinating section about autophagy and intermittent fasting. So Do your research, read up on it. Obviously, with certain health conditions, you want to be careful about when you're eating and when you're fasting. So definitely, um, you know, do your research. Don't just take my word for it. But um, it's really popular. If you haven't heard of intermittent fasting, you've been living under a rock. Um, Most people I know have, have tried it. And I haven't heard a lot of people that have had anything negative to say about it. And um, so I highly recommend that as a strategy for just managing how you eat. It's really great in conjunction with your diet. So calorie counting becomes a little easier because you have a shorter period of time. So, you know, you 1500 calories. And if you're, you know, eating 12 hours of the day or eight hours of the day, you end up getting to eat larger portions and eat more at one time. And a lot of people really like that. They don't care if they only have to have two meals in a day, as long as they're satisfying full meals. So intermittent fasting as a strategy alongside your diet of choice can be really powerful. So whatever you choose to do of these things, I encourage you to stick with the strategy for at least a week or two. Two is more preferable to really see how it fits your patterns and your lifestyle and your habits and just your setting and your relationship with food. It's important to pay attention to our relationship with food, as in how does the food make me feel and is it the food that's providing the joy or the pleasure or the comfort or is it the act of eating? Is it the relaxation of a rule that I'm enjoying, not the food when it comes to eating sweets? Um, What is it? And really, really pick a strategy that may address that core behavior that's going on. So commit to it for two weeks and write it down. Tell people about it. Look up information on it. See if you know anyone that that strategy has worked out for in the past. Um, And determine that you're going to give it your best effort because change is difficult. Change takes time and new habits take time to cement. And you may not get it right the first day or the second day, or you may do it for a week and realize, ah, I wasn't doing this quite right, but I think I can tweak it and make this work. So, um, Give it a fair shot and remember that 
nothing changes if nothing changes. And if you're determined to make a go of making your life healthier and losing weight and making your body respond to good food and staying in the driver's seat of the choices that you make, then it's worth your time and your effort and your energy to try a new way to implement a new strategy for success. You have nothing to lose in trying something different except weight, of course. That sounds a little cliche, but truly, try something new. Be open. Be open to the process. Be open to new pathways, new habits. And, um, you know, sometimes you do have to put your pride aside. Maybe you told the whole world that keto didn't work for you, and here's why. But now you're feeling like, you know, maybe I didn't give it a fair shot. Maybe I did it wrong. And maybe you do want to try it again. Well, A, it's nobody's business how you eat. You don't have to tell anyone. (laughs) So if you want to try something that previously you poo-pooed, as it were, just do it. It's your life. It's your body. It's your choice on how you fuel it and what you eat. So sometimes we have to lay our pride aside a little bit. But remember, this is this is your life and this is your health and it's just that important. So don't be afraid to go back and try something again that maybe wasn't ideal then and maybe it will be now. I hope that's been helpful for you. I hope you found something here that's new and interesting or something you want to implement. If so, I'd really love to hear about it. I love it when I see a comment on Instagram or somebody leaves a review or just sends me a message that you listened and you liked an episode. I do this podcast because it's my passion to share what I've learned. It's my passion to connect with people and try to inspire and motivate and encourage and offer everything that I've learned back to anyone who might need it. And so this podcast is really a passion project and um, it's not a money-making opportunity. Um, I'm doing this because I want to reach people and I have a social circle and it's finite. And each of you who listen, you have a social circle and I would just really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with at least one person in your social circle so that this podcast can get into more hands and more ears and hearts and lives of people that need to hear it. I really, really, really appreciate it. I'd love to hear from you individually. If you have something you want to say, suggest, argue, or if you have podcast topic ideas, or just simply want to talk about your personal weight loss and health and fitness goals, you can email me, Kristen, at DestinationBegin.com. You can always find me on Instagram too. I'm posting there all the time. That is Destination underscore Begin. And you can also just check out my website, destinationbegin.com.